You're listening to the Indie Echo Podcast, a showcase of independent music and the artists that make it. I'm Jordan, producer at High Five Music. Today's feature is a singer-songwriter who combines personal lyrics with memorable hooks and high-quality modern production. Her debut solo EP, Changes, is out now. Here's Nashville-based Savannah Lee. Just need to slow down, figure myself out Just need to slow down, down Take a second to breathe, focusing on me Take a second to breathe Cause I'm a Savannah, thanks for being here. <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> I love your EP. It is fantastic start to finish. And what I like about it is it does a lot of things that modern pop does so well, where it's like on point songwriting and production. And every song on there is distinct because even some of the, the top albums these days will have a few songs in a row that sound exactly the same. So uh, props to you on that. Thank you. Yeah, I think for me, it was a very important part of the EP that it, it all kind of had a different like flavor. But at the same time, they were all like very cohesive. I think that that was like something I wanted the project to like be is like, yes, it's obvious that these are Savannah Lee's songs and they make sense together and they all kind of tell a story. But at the same time, I don't feel like I'm listening to the same song every single time. I'm from Brandon, Florida. Um, that is a suburb near Tampa, Florida. So I always just tell people I'm from Tampa because no one knows where Brandon, Florida is. Um, and I grew up there. My dad was the one that kind of got my sister and I both into music since we were kids. He was a traveling country touring artist from when I was born until I was about like six or seven years old. So he came up to Nashville like every two weeks and he would be here for like two to three weeks, depending on what he was doing. Um, so my mom was very supportive. And so we would either come with him sometimes because obviously I wasn't in school when I was really young. Yeah, that kind of gave me like a taste of music because he would take us on tour with him sometimes or like we had a house in Nashville that we stayed in. So I kind of just like always knew I was going to end up coming here eventually. My dad was obviously very country oriented. So I grew up on a lot of like the old classics like Garth Brooks, Kara Underwoods, Martina McBride. Shania Twain um, and I also grew up listening to a lot of hard like not hard rock I guess but like pop rock type things so those were kind of like my influences when I was really really young and then once I hit about high school I knew I was also just gonna try to like go to college or go somewhere in Nashville to where I could move here when high school ended I went to a high school that was as the time I was like, let me find a high school that has the best choir program because I was like about as far as I could get. Florida's not very like, there's not really an industry down there, especially where I was living for music, unless you're in Miami. So I joined the ambassadors program, which is like the top show choir at my school. It's like a dancing and singing and all different genres, jazz, classical. I did a lot of classical and musical theater competitions in high school just to kind of like, I guess, get my voice used to different genres. Cause I was like, I don't want to just sing this all my life. I want to kind of like spread out and see what I can do with my voice. I've always kind of wanted to like challenge myself in that way. I took up piano lessons and guitar when I was really young. Um, I kind of did that on and off for a really long time. Once choirs and all those things ended when I was a senior in high school, I applied for Lipscomb music program. 
and wanted to do that because it was a commercial program and not a lot of schools had a commercial program. I wanted to kind of follow my sister because she already had gone there. She's two years older than me and I knew we were going to end up doing like a duo thing because it was kind of always the plan since we were kids. So then I applied, I auditioned for their school and then I moved here when I was 18. Um, and that's kind of where I started, I would say, in like a professional way and like pursuing music full time was when I moved here. Um, and then I put out an EP with my sister like the first year that I was here. And was that more country or? Yeah, it was definitely, <laughs> it was country pop. Um, we're both now pop separately, like very pop and mine's like kind of like electronic alternative pop. Hers strikes me more as like Birdie. Birdie, she's like a piano driven ballad type pop, but like with like a little bit of like a rock gospel voice. Yeah, she started with a lot of covers, right? Yeah. I think her big break was like the Fault in Our Stars movie. She had like a song on there and it like blew up. And that's where my sister and I like discovered her music. But yeah, I, I did do country pop for a while with my sister. Is there a through line between the things you did with your sister and your more recent releases? I took a lot of like songwriting from country, like the way that they storytell and their writing and the way that everything about country music is amazing to me. Like I really enjoy the way that country artists write their music. And I like how, I think there's a way to like make pop music a story too. And some artists I feel like don't really think that that's like possible, but like I love Julia Michaels for that reason. It's like all her music is very storytelling, but she's like pop. And also just like learning how to songwrite and getting inspiration in that way. My sister was the writer of the group. I didn't write for a long time. I on and off wrote since I was about six, but my sister was a consistent songwriter since she was six. So she has like hundreds of songs. And I think I was intimidated by the idea of like writing because I, you like it's that little sister big sister thing where you're like watching them and you're like seeing how they do it and you're either copying them or you're like comparing yourself to them type of thing so for a long time i was like well what can i do that's different than her like i'll be the business woman i'll be the emailer and like handle all that and social media um and then when we decided that it was best we pursued our own music and like figured out what we both actually enjoy and love because I think our paths were just like kind of going like this, but we were like trying to make it go like this. We obviously like stopped singing together professionally and we were like, well, she was like, okay, I have all these songs. And I was like, oh my God, I have like no songs. So I kind of took that inspiration from like watching her write like in our group and like learning, you know, kind of her process creatively it kind of inspired me to like find my own. Within that year, I, I wrote a bunch of songs as much as I possibly could um, on my own and also with co-writers and just kind of like dove into that experience. Was uh, No Words the first official Savannah Lee release? Yes, it was. You start the EP with it and ballads usually don't start EPs or albums. So was that a conscious decision? Yeah, it was. Um, I wrote it in a class for songwriting for Lipscomb that I was in. Our assignment was to write a song and the reason No Words has like very few like new words in it, like the chorus repeats itself a lot um, and there's not like a lot of like new verses or anything is because the assignment was to have a song that was like under a hundred new words. So you could like repeat words and it didn't count as a new word, but like I had to be like very strict with my word count. Um, and yeah, that was the first song I wrote in general after not writing for years so i ended up having it for the project I had to make a demo for the school project went to my producer at the time who was a really close family friend because he worked with my dad 
And he was like, yeah, I really like this song, like, but I think we could like make the bridge a little bit better, rewrite it and then see how it goes. So we kind of rewrote the bridge together and then ended up loving the song and like really enjoying it once I actually got to hear it. Cause sometimes you hear things in the studio and you're like, oh, that's amazing. But when you're writing it, you're like, this is terrible. Um, so that was kind of how I felt about that song. So yeah, I ended up releasing that first because it was the first song I'd written and then the other songs kind of proceeded after that one. I have no end. I have no end. No. I wanna curse, I wanna cry. And get over this goodbye. I wanna scream, I wanna shout. But I can't get it out. That's interesting that it's uh it was an assignment. Do you find it harder or easier to work within constraints like that? I definitely think it depends on like what the assignment was. As I kind of went through school, I ended up leaving uh, college last year when the pandemic hit. It was my sophomore year, the end of the year. And then when everything happened with COVID, it kind of like really took a toll on like me musically, my program, um, just because there was really nothing we could do about the situation. like. There was no classes on in person like my vocal lessons were through a computer screen it was just like my parents were like i i really don't think right now it's worth the money we're paying for this for you to go there when let's see what you can do on your own like how much you can make it in a year how many songs you can write because you know i was constrained by like a class schedule is very very like strict which in some ways is great i like routine and i like learning but at the same time it was it was starting to kind of limit me in the outside world it was almost like i was in a college bubble with those same people the same connections and like that environment but like i also really wanted to step out into like the nashville world because they really are just two different separate worlds routine is great so sometimes when you're writing a song and they give you a structure and they're like, this is what you need to do. This is how many words, this is like the assignment of like the topic you're writing about. Sometimes I found it very difficult and I didn't like it at all. Cause it did kind of make me overthink my creative process and I couldn't come up with anything. But at the time that that song, No Words was my assignment. I was like a very fresh writer. It felt like again, because I hadn't been writing for so long, like that that kind of helped me. Cause I wouldn't have been able to come up with like anything. Like I was like sitting at the piano, like, oh my gosh, what do I do? And like, when someone throws you like, this this is the topic, these are the words, this key. It kind of gave you like a direction and kind of, you know, like a stepping point for me because I had no starting points at all at the time. I was just kind of like, what do I do? How do I make music by myself? So I met a girl named Emily Heber. She went to Lipscomb as well. She graduated now, but she was a songwriting um, major there. Our program was pretty small. She had a, like a very like good reputation around the program and I she was older than me so I never you know really had class with her and I'm also like the type of person where co-writing is very difficult for me because it requires you to like be open with people be vulnerable tell your story like really let people in to see like how you're feeling and I'm not a feelings person like sometimes I don't even know how I'm feeling I kind of like shove feelings back move forward type girl and not a lot of people like in creative arts I feel like so far in my experience have been like that a lot of people are super feeling super like lay it all out like talk about it and I'm like I don't know how to do that so I was like I'm just gonna have to force myself to like get out of my comfort zone which co-writing does make me do that every single time no matter who it is and I'm like I'm gonna find someone that typically I like enjoy their music I enjoy their voice and I think would like want to write with me so 
I ended up reaching out to the girl, her name's Emily. And I was like, hey, like, I really want to do a co-write with you sometime. Like, I love your music. She posted like snippets of herself um, and her music on her Instagram. So I heard it and I was like, wow, that's amazing. And we met up in like one of those little practice rooms in the college, like every music arts college has little practice rooms. And I had already been listening to this song called River by Umi, which is an R&B artist. And I was very inspired by it. And so I kind of listened to it like outside on campus for like two hours and just kind of was like listening to her sing it and then kind of making up my own melodies on my phone and then like kind of like pausing her and like recording something, kind of doing it like that so that I wouldn't like literally copy her. Cause when I first started writing, I would do that. I would literally listen to someone. I'd be like, oh, I got this. I'd like write something and it's exactly the same melody. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> so I was trying to like, it's kind of like what you do in school when you like, have an article, you like take it and you kind of switch it up so it's not plagiarizing. That's what I was doing with, with this specific song. And then I brought it to her that night in the practice room. And I was like, this is kind of the idea I have. Like, I don't really know how I feel about it. And we ended up like listening and writing. And then we wrote My Fault, which is the second song on the EP. We wrote it within like 50 minutes or something like that, which had been something I wasn't expecting. Normally like co-writes don't take less than an hour usually it's a couple three hours depending on you know what song usually you finish like some parts of the song not all the song but we ended up finishing the song and i was just like wow this is like my favorite song ever like i really like this song and i it was like just one of those like instant co-writes went perfectly type of things which don't bear like those never happen the song sounds completely different now than it did when we wrote it. Like the the way she plays it on guitar is very acoustic and like a really cool, like weird chord structure that is like completely different than what is on the EP. But I love both versions. They're just super different. All the songs were actually either started off acoustically because that's just kind of how I've always done things. I'm not like, I've not really done a lot of track rights, um, which is, you know, me sitting there and then like, tracking it out and producing it while we're writing. I think that's very cool. And it actually has been something that's like opened my eyes to pop more that direction is like, oh, this is the type of music I like to make. This is super fun. We wrote that my fault, then we wrote Everybody's Changing about like five months later. Um, and that's when I was going through like a friend group breakup thing like at school because I left I left college and like all my friends that I had at school, once I left, it felt like they were no longer my friends anymore, which is like, then truly we weren't really good friends then. But like you are kind of like sad about it because like your one connection to like your school and like the things that you like did know while you were in Nashville, now you're kind of like out there in the real world by yourself. I wrote that song about kind of just feeling like everyone around me like was like changing around me and like doing their own thing. And we we're all getting older and like it's our junior year and I'm like over here by myself and then pandemic and it was just like a whole, whole thing. So me and her wrote that song about that on guitar as well.
the time I wrote these songs, a lot of them ended up being like a common theme about my feelings, about my current relationship that I had had when I moved here. I was in, a, I had been in a two-year relationship, and we ended up splitting up like my first week of college, which was just like, of course, you know, like everyone like expected that to happen, which honestly makes it worse because you're like, oh, we're gonna do long distance, and then it ends up lasting for like one week. And just like all those things that like you hate to see it type of things, like that's typical of like a long distance relationship that's coming from high school. But you always in the moment think that your relationship is different. You're like, oh, well, mine wouldn't do that. And we're different and whatever. Those first years of college, I was like losing it. I was like, guys, this is so hard. Like I left all my friends and my family back home. Like, cause change is something I'm not very comfortable with, which is funny that I named the EP changes because I'm not, not good with it at all. It actually makes me like very stressed out because um, I kind of feel out of control and I'm a very control oriented girl. Like just in my own life, I like to have control of what's going on and like how I feel and everything like that. Those experiences and those feelings of like feeling very, very out of control of my life inspired to write these songs. And I don't know if I would have ever gotten these songs at all if I hadn't been so different like than my normal self. So when you're writing these demos, were you saying like, you know, this is going to be for my EP changes or are we just like one at a time, we'll see what happens in the end? I never like wrote them to become a project. Um, I And I think if I had been doing that, it might have not turned out the way it did because I would have put too much pressure on myself. I never really saw it being an EP because I hadn't found producers at the time that I feel like genuinely understood like my music, my vision, like were available to work with me on a consistent basis. Like I hadn't met really anyone in, in Nashville that I was like, yes, you were the person I want to make my project with because um, I did have a few producers that I knew, like I said, my dad's family friend and they were all super, super amazing, but they also weren't very oriented, like pop oriented producers. That I think changes things so much when you find someone that's like working in your genre and like understands your genre as, as much as like anyone else because that made me feel like I didn't have to like try to break down exactly what I want. Cause sometimes as like an artist, if you're not like a producer artist, you're like struggling to put towards what you want. You know it in your head, but you can't like say it out loud. And I think that was a struggle that I was having for a couple years there was like trying to find someone that I didn't have to literally spell it out because I couldn't <laughs> and wanted the project to turn out the way I wanted. The last two songs like Girl Underneath and Bubblegum came from the producers that did my EP. I had this guy named Nicholas, who's the drummer in Nightly, which is the band. And he was like, hey dude, like let's do a co-write sometime or something like off Instagram. Cause we had known each other for a couple years. He played drums for my sister and me. I only really met him like a couple times. And when he reached out, I was like, yeah, like I'd love to do a co-write with you. Like that sounds great. And then we ended up scheduling it and I ended up canceling our first co-write, which I to this day, I'm like, thank God I rescheduled that co-write because I'm this type, like I said, I, I never ended up even telling them this. I've never told the guys this, but I was so nervous for the co-write because I didn't know who was gonna to be there. I didn't know what to expect. I just thought it was going to be me and Nick and I really liked him, but I hadn't seen him in years. I literally think I gave myself so much anxiety about meeting a whole group of people because he was like, yeah, I mean, a couple buds, like we're going to ride with you. And I was like, oh my God, I freaked myself out so bad that I ended up rescheduling it. And I never told him that I, that's why I like made up something. I was like, oh, I don't feel good today. Like, can we reschedule? <laughs> so I ended up like, texting them. I was like, hey, like, can we reschedule to this day? And it was like a week later and I showed up and that's when I like met all of them. I had no idea that they were a band at the time. I didn't know anything. I, I just like kind of went in there hoping for the best. And I kind of, like I said, started acoustically, had like a little voice memo of Girl Underneath on my phone. It was very basic piano. Um, and honestly, the song was not great at first, my song. 
it just sounded slow and like sad and just like, you know, my typical type of writing. And I showed it to them. And then within like a minute, they had like a track up. And Joey was like coming up with all this stuff. And I was sitting there and I was like, what is happening? Because I haven't done track rights before. That was my first like real track right. And I thought it was so cool. And I was like, what is happening? This is amazing. And he turned it into like, obviously Girl Need This still a sad song, but it's kind of like a mid-tempo, like, you know, pop beat type thing, which I ended up like wishing that it had turned into that. And then it did, you know? So that was my first experience with them. We finished that song that day. And then I came back, recorded it, just like basic vocals. Then he produced it, sent it back, did more vocals. So yeah, that's kind of how that song came together. That might be my new favorite. It was uh, Everybody's Changing, but Girl Underneath It just has such a great vibe to it. And like the vocoder, uh, you have vocoders throughout the EP, but uh, every time it comes in, it's just like, yes. Oh yes, I love that. I, uh, I showed him Feel Something by Bia Miller. That was my inspiration for that song. I've been listening to her, like that, that part in her chorus where she's like, I just wanna feel something, I just wanna feel, and has the voice cutter. I was like, oh, that's so fire. Bubblegum was the last song, and we ended up writing that the EP week. So we recorded the EP, and then we had a day to write that song. And I put so much pressure on myself. I had other songs that I could have like, ended up wanting to record on this EP that I had already written. But I was like, you know what, you guys, we came up with Going Underneath together. I was like, you guys are producing my entire EP. I was like, it'd be cool if we had like one more song on the EP that like all of us four did together. Instead of it just being like another song that I've written by myself. And honestly, there was a situation I was going through the time with a friend back um, from home that I was like really wanting to write about. I was like, this is on my heart. This is very like current. This is a very new feeling that I'm having. The rest of these songs are kind of from like the past, the feelings that I've had over the course of two years. I was like, but this song would be like literally specific to my life right now. I was like, so I'd love to write it with you guys and see like what we come up with. We ended up like trying to write it the first day. Didn't go well for any of us. I think we were all like overthinking it, especially me. Um, couldn't get the kind like the type of song I wanted. Couldn't get the lyrics right. It was just like not working. But I did get like a framework of kind of the vibe we were going for. So then I went home, put on my like purple LED lights in my room at like three in the morning. Tried writing some verses, like seeing what I could get. Going the next day, and then Jonathan, which is like their lead singer of their band, he. He's just one of those people that like comes up with stuff right in front of you and you're like, how did you do that? Like, that's amazing. Like, what? where does your brain go type of guy? And he just started singing like the bubblegum chorus. And I was like, like, that's good, you know? And then they were like, well, that's really good. And then he kept singing it and we were like, oh my God, that's like definitely gonna be our chorus. Like, that's so good. And he based it off of the chorus we written before, like the day before that was not good. Um, and that's kind of sometimes how it is. Like you come back to a song and you just like, it sounds way better when you came back to it. And that's the magic of co-writes as well. Yeah. Right. And then we just used my verses that I'd written, which I definitely thought he was going to change because I was like, hey, these are the verses I got. They're not that good. Like, I'm that person that always says, like, if you want to change it, change it. Or like, if you don't like it, you can tell me I, I'm very OK with like criticism. That's definitely more commendable than no, this is the way it's going to be, you know? Right. Yeah. No, I, I'm like an honest person. I love honesty. It's like my thing. I'm like, because if you're not honest, I feel like you're just like saying it's amazing. And like, what if it could have been better? You know, like you could have if you had been honest, you know? So I showed it to him. He's like, no, like, that's great. And I was like, really? Okay. Like, that's so nice. So we ended up recording it and ended up being like, it's not my favorite song on the EP, but it's like a lot of people's favorites. If that makes sense. Say that we're friends and you shit
inspirations behind like the entire project was like Len and Stella, uh, Tate McRae. It's like pop, but it's like you can tell that if you stripped it down, it could be just as good acoustically. That's something I strive for is like if my songs are good produced, I want them to also be really good acoustic or else I just don't even want to release it because it's like I sing out so many acoustic shows out here and like that's like one of the that's where my heart's at it's always going to be like acoustic for the pop world you can't just sing a bunch of ballads on guitar all the time and I know that so I'm learning to like love production and I think it's growing on me but like my original like thing will always probably be like guitar and piano only that's kind of where I am like leaning toward I might want to do like acoustic EP of my EP I think that's something I'm trying to do right now I feel like I could never write a beat before. I could never write mid-tempo songs and I only knew how to write ballads. And I still think I'm in that place, but I'm also learning like different things while I'm track writing and like watching them, like helping me write underneath, helping me write bubblegum. It like really like opened my eyes to a perspective of like, these songs can still mean something and be like emotional and like like capture a feeling, but they can also be like cool. And you can like listen to them in the car and you can listen to them in, at a concert. And like, I played out these shows live full band probably a handful of times now since I've gotten back to Nashville um, and my guitar player here he's amazing but he was he was like we should probably add tracks to this set because a lot of it'll separate you from a lot of pop artists in Nashville who either just sing to tracks or just sing to full band with no tracks he's like I think it would be really cool and I was like well I don't know what that means at the time I had no idea what that meant I was like okay sure because I've always just done live band like especially with my sister and I country you do live band there's no like tracks you know we did that he added like a bunch of like he got all my stems he got everything he like made a bunch of tracks my harmonies like the voice coder all those things and we played it out at my EP release show for the first time and it was like it was just so cool and it like changed my like mindset on like live music that's not just acoustic like I really liked it and I, I could tell that the energy in the room was a lot different what would you say was the hardest song to put together I think everybody's changing on when we did that song because it sounded very different on guitar it was like do 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 rock text like it was very like Taylor Swift acoustic vibes and then I sent I showed it to them and they were like um yeah I don't know what we're gonna do with that like they're like I really like it but how are we gonna change that to fit like because we really girl underneath was what we based the entire EP off of because that was the first song that we wrote together that had production to it the rest of them were just like work tapes that I'd done with like Emily they were like well let's base everything off this like dark pop electro like pretty like smooth lots of harmonies because I love harmonies I think that's like one of the things that I was saying when I'm in inspired by Lennon Stella. It's just like her vocal harmonies are like insane. That's like one of her strong suits. And like, that's always been something that I love probably based off my choir experience and like my sister and I and everything like that. Yeah, there's some gorgeous harmonies throughout the EP, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, I, I definitely like wanted to fill in the spaces. I hate when there's like random, just like space. I like for there to be something there, even if it may be production that fills up the space, but just something. I think that Everybody's Changing was really difficult because we were like, we just slowed the song down like super, super slow. Like the BPM when it's written was like very, very fast. And then when I showed it to them, they're like, well, there's no way we can like fit drums in here in the chorus. Like, what are we going to do? We took a few days on that one, um, just kind of figuring out the chorus. The verse was super fun to put together. That one was like, when I heard it, I was like, that's beautiful. And then we moved to the chorus and we were like, this is terrible. Like, what drums are we going to use? And they were singing there, like looking at drums at the computer for like hours, like trying to make it sound right. And it, it took a long time. But once they like found it and like we realized, hey, we need to slow the song down. That's why we can't find anything that works and ended up kind of coming together quickly. Music is one of those things that you think you can do it alone and you just like, you just can't. Like if you really want to do it, every single artist that's really done music, they have so many people behind the scenes that like 
maybe people will never know about, but like without them, you could never ever do what you're doing. And that's like definitely how I feel about it. Like without my family and like my friends and like then like the people I work with that I also try to make friends as well, like turn my work partners into friendships just wouldn't happen. Like sometimes you need that like support group of people that are like, wait, like you don't feel good about yourself today, but like we believe in you. And like this song did this and oh, like I showed this on my friend and they loved it. Just like little comments sometimes as an artist, especially like when you're out here and you're new and you're like figuring it out and you don't have like, you know, some crazy fan base like encouraging you or some label like helping you get all these meanings and, you know, rights and everything. You get like down sometimes when you, are like allowing yourself to compare yourself to other people and like what they're doing and like what you're not doing. And having like a team of people, even if it's not like a huge one, is very like helpful staying on track, you know? And I've, uh, with this show, talked to people who have been on both sides of it. And nowadays it's easier than ever to do a lot of things by yourself. Right. But at the same time, there's aspects of the industry where you're like, can you just do that for me, you know? Yes. You in particular have been very uh, active in the promo for the album which i'm sure is exhausting at some point very uh just between instagram tiktok youtube just getting the word out but uh you've done a great job with that thank you i've been trying i i love social media and i hate it there it's a love hate i think it's i think it's amazing things social media can do i think it can change people's lives like people literally can go from like no one knew who you were to the next day you're like your music's everywhere you know it's crazy and it's amazing and it's amazing to see like how you can connect with people literally like right in front of you. Like I'm connecting with you right now. Like I can see it happening. Like they can tell you like what that song did for them or meant to them. But it's also terrible when there's like, you know, people inserting opinions like that don't know you and like hate comments and hate DMs and freaking everything else. And like keeping up with social media in general is just exhausting. You know, it's like creatives have so much like energy they're putting into their creativeness. And then especially when you're independent artist, you're doing creativeness, you're also doing business at the same time, handling emails and like what's next step. And like, there's just a lot of brain power that goes into doing it by yourself. So yeah, it's nice when you have like people to help you out for sure. I always tell my friends, I'm like, if I ever get to a point where it's like, I have enough, you know, of a team and something going to where I don't have to do all this myself. I was like, I will do it, but I'm going to like do what I have to do, log off and hand it to like whoever's handling my situation at the time. Like I don't have a manager currently. I don't have, you know, a PR, like a publicist, nothing. Um, it's all me and literally me and my mom, pretty much. My mom is like my manager. Uh, my dad is the one that's very like supportive as well. He's like one of those like motivational dads, like encouraging, um, loves music like i said and now he owns his own financial uh business financial services business so he really only stopped performing live just a few years ago so he's very like aware of the business and like how hard it can be <clears throat> so he's very supportive um both my parents are but yeah it's really just me and like my parents out here just like doing whatever we can like working together um but yeah it, it can be a lot for sure but it's worth it when you get to handle your own stuff because then you don't get anything going out that you don't want to go out you know, you get to make a lot of decisions creatively, like all of these things I did for this EP, all the music and the colors and like the promo and the website and the packaging and everything, just like the cover art, all of those things were like coming from my own ideas, my music videos, everything. So I do feel like a lot of me is like in this project and everything I put out has to do with like me, which is great, but it is exhausting. For sure. You're kind of at the beginning of your career, but at the same time, do you have any career highlights? I would say getting past like 50,000 streams on my first song was like something I didn't expect at all. Um, and was like 
kind of like gave me like that push that like like you were saying like this doesn't suck you know like wow cool people like it um i would say getting verified um two weeks ago i think it was like something i wasn't expecting either i was like very very excited about that there's certain venues in nashville that i've gotten into like i i think i'm for sure there's a venue called the back corner i'm playing at um in november which i would have never gotten to play at if like i hadn't have put out cp and they heard my music so that's something i'm really excited about it's just like venues that i had never gotten to play at before as a solo artist i'm now getting to play at now um here in nashville another career highlight i really do feel like is working with nightly i think they're just like so amazing and like they're like i had never expected to meet them and that's kind of how the best relationships come out is when you didn't know it was coming but they're just like as a band themselves separate from me they're just like very amazing and like very talented um so the fact that like they wanted to work with me and they like reached out was just something that like i think gave me also that confidence like oh like people that are successful in this genre like like what you're doing and they believe in you so yeah i would say things like that just like social media career highlights in that way to do just like the numbers this year um because I, I really started on instagram with like 3k and i jumped to like 26k within like say for six or seven months so it's just been like really cool just seeing people like connect with me it's mostly started off tiktok is where like the original following kind of started and it kind of like transferred over to my other social medias but yeah, those are some for sure. Links to Savannah's music and music videos can be found in the show notes. Indieco is a product of High Five Music, a digital production studio that brings your bedroom demos to life. If you want your music produced, mixed, or remixed, visit the link on my Instagram at High Five Music, and you can follow the show at Indieco Podcast. Thank you for listening. Figure myself out, just need to slow down, down Take a second to be focusing on me Take care of the girl underneath